Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another installment of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Severi. We've got a good episode again. You know, Nick, we've been talking about the guests that keep coming on this show. And tonight's topic, uh, we're going to be talking about feminism. And we have uh, author Emma McElroy, who wrote a kid's book about feminism. You can check out the series at akidsbookabout.com. They're a company based out in Portland that writes these children's books uh, about topics that, you know, a lot of people think are taboo to talk to kids about at an early age. And the topics range the gamut, you know, from systemic racism to divorce uh, to feminism, which we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, to voting. There's so many different topics that the series covers. Uh, they've been featured on, on Oprah's book club. And we were super excited to have her on the show tonight. And she also started a, a woman's clothing line company called Wild Fang. You can check them out at wildfang.com. She formerly worked at Nike. So, so much with Emma uh, to unpack with her, but really excited to talk about feminism because she wrote this book really to be a conversation starter. And I think that's a great place uh, when we start talking about what some people think is taboo in saying feminism. Yeah, Emma's book speaks to, and like the other books in that series, about accessibility. Now, how do you right. take these otherwise concepts that usually at like a dinner party, you know, may get thrown around and, you know, people make it uncomfortable with what they actually know, actually, with these concepts. So what does that look like when you try to scale it down to young to the younger ones, to our, our daughters, for example? Right. So getting a chance to hear Emma speak on that. Uh, I had a chance to take a look at Wild Fang's website recently. Their mission's fantastic. Their product line's incredible, but they're very mission-based. And it's going to be exciting to get a chance to talk to Emma today just to tell us a little more about her organization, what they're all about, their values, and what does that mean to really just you know break down gender norms and yeah. you know, a lot of things that they speak to on, on their site. 
No, you're right. And it's a, it's a great topic for us, you know, because of us raising three girls between us, you know, and, and just teaching tomorrow's generation, especially females, you know, about equality. Um, so we're really excited to talk to Emma tonight. Today's episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast is presented by Kind Bar. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients, a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo, to shift the food industry, and empower their community and our listeners to make better, informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co backslash kind. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash kind. Kind bar, creating a kinder and healthier world. One act, one snack at a time. All right, joining us now is an author from the Kids Book About series. She wrote a kids book about feminism. She's also the CEO of Wild Fang, so we're going to ask her about that, and we're super excited to have her on tonight, and that's Emma McElroy. Emma, Mike Leon, Nick Savary, thanks so much for hopping on with us. Of course, and thank you so much for getting my name right. No one does that. Well, I mean, I love, I love Rory. So It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a rarity when he does. Like Wait, he's, you're, over, you're, he's over two on this one. So you're a golfer. Um, Have I got a golfer? I'm a huge golfer, single digit handicap for our audience. I'm going to send that to my friends. Um, oh, but there we go with this. I love Rory and um, just recently was working at, at Golf Digest uh, before starting this podcast. So, all uh, right. Well, I'm also from a big Dolphin family. So you may get to Portland. We'll, we'll go swing some clubs. Oh, perfect. Now I'm going to ta- hashtag this golf. So that way it'll get more traction. <laughs> nice. But, but I wanted to get into um, you first as a person before we get into your journey as a, as a writer in your company. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're from Ireland, obviously. And, um, and tell us how you got uh, started into writing and, and, and then linking up with a kid's book about series. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Belfast. So I'm from Northern Ireland. Um, so uh, about five and a half thousand miles from where I'm currently sitting. Um, yeah, I grew up there. Uh, amazing country, amazing people. Very lucky to come from where I come from. Um, also offers a very unique perspective on the world, I think, when you come from Belfast. Um, uh, left Belfast to go to university, went to Cambridge, did science. Uh, rushed to London to make money in banking. Decided that was the worst idea I'd ever had in my life. Um, quit that and went to work on something I loved, which has kind of been my mantra thus, thus far since that point has only been to work on things I love. Um, so I went into sport. So I worked on the Barclays Premier League. I'm a huge Liverpool fan, a huge, I, basically if it's got a ball, I'm kind of into it. So um, yeah, big Liverpool fan, went to work on the Premier League, learned a lot about marketing. Um, and then Nike snapped me up and I worked in the UK for them. And then they pulled me across the pond and um you know, I did not think I would be in Portland 13 years later, but here I am still in uh, Portlandia. So I quit Nike. You know, if Nike taught me anything, it taught me a lot about the consumer and it taught me a lot about uh, building brands that people love, brands that make a difference in people's lives, inspire them, push them. Um, and so I figured it was maybe only one chance I would get to do that for myself. And, and that's when Wildfang, uh, you know, was born. So Wildfang really exists to... Um, just reimagine some of the gender rules that hold women back in the world. Um, some of that is in uniform, some of that's in attitude, some of that's in career and women's rights. But um, yeah, we're, we're really trying to break down some of the gender uh, gender barriers and gender norms in society and 
have a lot of fun while doing it. So, um, you know, Jelani's a friend of mine in the, in the startup community in Portland. I'm a huge fan of his. And when he pitched me a kid's book about it, it was real early. Nothing had launched. You know, I was one of the first authors. And um, I said I would be an absolute idiot not to want to be involved in that. You know, um, I think as we look forward in, in, you know, in the U.S., as we look at Gen Z and the generations coming behind that, um, we're looking at the most fluid identity of any generation yet, right? So, um, you know, uh, that comes through an ethnicity, sexuality, gender identity, um, careers, you know, that generation's going to jump around a lot in careers. And so you have this amazing um, generation that uh, is shaping a lot of things differently to how my generation did, right? So um, they grew up through Occupy Wall Street. They grew up through um, Smear for Smear and Ice Bucket Challenge, and they really believe they can change the world. And so the idea of being able to talk to that generation directly and 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 the youth that are, that are coming through and honestly going to make a bigger impact on the world than my generation did probably. So uh, I, I couldn't not be involved in that project. And feminism is a topic that's very close to my heart. And um, on my wildfire journey, I've learned a ton about it. Um, I probably wasn't a feminist when I started wildfire. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. I don't know if I've ever said that on a podcast, but um I've just learned a ton in that space and learned from a ton of smart people. And um, I think the next generation are really going to shape a number of topics, that being one of them. So I couldn't help but be involved. It was too cool not to. Emma, what was it like to write a, to write a book directed toward children uh, and talking about a matter that often as parents sometimes doesn't come up on our radar in terms of um, just bringing it down to a, to a younger audience? What was that experience like? It was super fun. The team at Kids Book about um, and when you're deeply passionate about a topic, it kind of comes naturally to you. So, you know, to reveal behind the curtains how that process works is the author jumps into a room with a bunch of very passionate people and starts ranting about a topic they're very passionate about, and then somehow a book comes out the other end. So <laughs> that's sort of how it happened for me. Um, but yeah, I you know that team was amazing to work with, and I think often we underestimate what uh, younger people and kids are, are capable of. Um, certainly I see it all around me in startup, you know, we, we rule people out um, for a number of reasons. Um, and then, you know, in many cases we watch them do something really special. So uh, I think we probably underestimate kids a lot of the time. And uh, you know, that's why it mattered to me. That's why I want to be a part of it. Emma, you, you know, we talked about this off there. You're into golf. You worked at Nike, you're a Liverpool fan. You're from across the pond, technically. Uh, so all these experiences, I'm curious about some of the influences you had growing up. Uh, anybody that you saw from, you know, from Ireland or from other parts of the world that you just, man, I, I would love to emulate that person and, and what they're doing. You know, that's a great question. I always struggle to answer the question around role models because for me, um, it's much more about principles. Um, I never, I've never really tried to catch a person or tried to be a person, um, but I do try to live values out in my life. I think for me, actually, the most interesting component of my youth, sports certainly taught me a lot and, and what sport taught me, prepared me for being a CEO and a startup. But actually coming from Northern Ireland is really important. Like for those of you who don't know, Northern Ireland experienced civil war first, um, and it was a deeply divided community. And, you know, we, we came through that period of time and, I just learned a lot about people and behavior and, and what people need in order to move forward and to feel hope um, and to feel inspired and to create community and connection. And so uh, I actually carry that with me most often. I'm deeply passionate about trying to build bridges, about trying to bring people from different backgrounds together. Um, 
because frankly, I've seen what happens when they don't come together. So uh, yeah, I think growing up, you know, my dad was a big figure in my life. Um, and he was the first guy to, you know, throw me into the boys sports team, right? Because why not if I was good enough? Um, and there's a couple of things that I remember him saying that really stuck with me. One is, you know, for anybody listening, Northern Ireland actually fits inside Rhode Island. So just so we can maintain some perspective here. Um, so he used to say to me, hey, we're an island off an island because actually we were. Um, and, and what he really wanted me to do was go and travel and go and see the world. Because when you see other parts of the world, you realize maybe the things we fight about um, aren't worth fighting about. And maybe we have more in common than we realize. So uh, getting out and seeing more people, more backgrounds, more experience um, was kind of a big part of, of what was instilled on me uh, because of because of where I came from. You mentioned what you know what you carry with you now, and just thinking about you know um, your the role you serve at Wildfang, you know, both co-founder and CEO. Can you tell us a little more about that organization, the goals you all have, and how is that influenced by just by your upbringing and the the values that you that you hold to? Yeah, I think I had a, a huge amount of privilege in my upbringing. Um, you know, maybe not. We grew up working class, so maybe not in terms of money, but in terms of just the ideologies that were presented to me as a kid which is why I love this series, right? It deeply resonates with me for that reason, because um, so many things. I, I, imagine, I remember applying for an internship at New Scientist, right? And, and New Scientist is our equivalent of, you know, nature in the UK. And it's a really big deal. And no one told me not to do it. Like everyone else in my class was applying to like the local paper or the local accounting. And I said to my dad, hey, this is my favorite magazine. I'm going to go apply to it. And he said, cool, go do that. And then it turned out that they'd never had anyone actually ask for an internship before. So they were like, okay, why not? We've never had anyone ask. Anyway, the point is like, he never, he never stood in my way. He was always very much like, have a go, have a try, see what happens. And it was very much later in my, you know, I was a big sports kid. I was training really hard. I was competing a lot in a lot of different sports. So I didn't really understand some of the things that, uh, young women go through in particular um, and some of the stuff that we heap on um, anyone who identifies as a, as a woman um, I didn't really understand that you know I was trying to get bigger and bulkier and more muscly right I didn't really understand that most people felt fat at high school uh, most women felt fat at high school even when they weren't or uh, felt pressure to look a certain way or you know dress a certain way or and that really came to me later in life and, and none of that made sense to me right it didn't make sense that you know, solely based on your gender, that we would we would remove certain choices from you, certain career choices, certain wardrobe choices. Um, yeah, I just wanted to break that. I, I wanted to break all of that, and that's what Wildfang is about. You know, we we you offer a uniform that typically isn't offered to women, right? Um, we call it menswear inspired, but the point is. We, we take what's expected of a woman and we mess with it. Um, we mess with it through uniform. We mess with it through uh, our activism. You know, we've, we've given back over half a million dollars since we started and um, we support a wide range of charities um, uh, that really pioneer women's rights and protecting them. Um, uh, we do it through our, our social platforms and through our voice. So we, we stand up and speak out on issues that we think are really important to speak out on. So yeah, that's kind of what wildfang is. Um, we make really great coveralls if anybody needs a pair of coveralls. Um, I think and I'm hopefully, market for some. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully a really rad community of, of people who love each other and support each other. 
That, that's great to hear. Uh, Emma, I want to I want to get back onto the uh, the kids book because uh, my I was telling you off air, my wife uh, put me onto a kids book about series and they cover so many different topics from divorce to feminism um, to racism, voting. Um, so Nick asked you about, you know, why you wanted to write it. But I kind of want to know more about like how difficult is it to write on a subject matter that a lot of people say, you know, we shouldn't be teaching our kids that or at least not at this age. Like, how, how was that experience of, of writing a, b- a book about a topic that a lot of people would say is a little taboo? You even touch upon it in the book. You know, you a lot of people are scared of the F word of feminism. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. That's the stuff that fires me up, right? You put, you put a rule in front of me and I tend to like to break it. So um, that was kind of thrilling for me to, you know, it's no fun addressing a topic that has been addressed a hundred times. It's really interesting to to tackle one that people aren't talking about that should be. Um, so that fired me up, to be honest. Actually, what was really difficult for me is feminism is very intersectional, right? And all that that means is there are many viewpoints within it, and, and I cannot speak on behalf of all of those. And that was actually the greatest weight for me. When Jelani asked me to do it, I said um, I would be thrilled to do it, but I wanted to do my best to represent as many viewpoints as possible. And, and that's really difficult because each person will have a slightly different um, viewpoint, but that's why I think the books are so cool because the entire point is not, it's not supposed to be a a college degree in a book. It's supposed to inspire conversation. It's supposed to remove the stigma and and fear factor of having that conversation with your kid, right? So my book is just a starting point on feminism. Hopefully, you know, in my ideal world, in a dream scenario, hopefully that kid goes and, you know, works with their their parents to go Google a bunch of, you know, famous women who've done rad stuff, right? Hopefully that's not the end of the conversation. Um, so that, you know, that would be my hope. You mentioned how, you know, with with ensuing generations, um, more of a likelihood of, of changing the world, of doing more meaningful things than, you know, say I'm, a, you know, I'm you know, 42, so I fall in that Gen X category and, and you know, subsequent generations after. But when you think of that definition of feminism as it appears for you in the book, and we think about subsequent generations, how do you consider that definition perhaps evolving, perhaps um, being more illuminating to to the kids that are coming? Yeah, it's definitely evolving. Um, it's evolving rapidly, and and it's exciting to watch how it's evolving and how it's taking shape. Um, uh, you know, there's been several waves of feminism, and uh, and frankly, they haven't always been inclusive. Um, you know, I identify as queer and um, in earlier parts of the movement, I would have been kicked out, right? So um, I, I think what you're seeing now is much more inclusive and intersectional movement um, that includes um, queer women, trans women, people of color, um, uh, includes, uh, it, it just considers diversity around uh, body type and body positivity, around age diversity. Um, and it really recognizes the different experiences of each within that movement, um, which is so needed um, and so important. So I think that's kind of where we are right now. What comes next? Who knows, right? And that's that's the exciting part of it is that this generation will take it and shape it and make it their own. Emma, you know, um, interest of full disclosure, Nick and I are both girl dads. Um, I have a little two-year-old I was telling you off air, and I'm going to show you a photo of her trying to read the book. I think she's got the colors part figured out, uh, maybe not the text, but, um, and Nick is raising two daughters as well. So w- what advice would you give for today's girl dad in the context of, of feminism and empowering young females? You know, it's, it's a really interesting question. Um, 
much of it starts by looking inside and thinking about um you, you kind of have to you know again an old phrase my dad used to use is stand porter at the door of thought which basically means uh you have to observe i guess it's a buddhist practice you have to observe your own thoughts and feelings um, that you have towards your ch- kids and really think about whether gender has influenced those right and that's a very hard thing to do but um in the toys that you buy her in the games that you give her in the books that you allow her to read in the content you let her watch um would that be any differently if she was your and i think i think that's really what feminism is about is trying to maintain equality um and hopefully we're past the days where uh you know you walk into the target kids aisle and you know all the stoves and dolls are on the girl's side and all the trucks are on the boy's side right hopefully we're past that um but i think as a as a parent it's really just about trying to think about each decision each piece of advice uh each toy each action each element uh would it be any different I- i'll tell you something a really interesting study i read on the topic um once people find out the gender of their child in the right so it hasn't come out yet um they modulate their tone of voice and the level of force they use to pat the mother's stomach in other words uh if if in a classically heterosexual partnership if the father learns that it's a boy in the womb um they will uh, pat the stomach harder and talk more sternly and in a deeper tone and if they learn it's a girl they will talk in a higher tone and pat it more gently so it starts there and when you realize that it starts even before they you know they exit the womb you just got to really think about every decision every choice um and ultimately i would just encourage parents everywhere you guys include it uh to try and let their kids make as many choices as they can within reason right to try and let them direct their own path in terms of what they wear you know what they watch what they play with because gender is a social construct that we created and that might be hard for some people to hear but that's the truth right and so uh there's a lot that's wrapped up in that so uh yeah i would just encourage you to try and let them both be who they're going to be and love them and support them and encourage them for whatever choices they make and if they want to be a princess that's great and let them be the best princess ever and if they want to go play with boy uh you know trucks and climb trees and play in the boys soccer team let them go do that too it's funny you mentioned about uh targeting other retailers about um what appears on clothing i was you know when my first my first job i was very much aware of that you know seeing you know what does it look like in that section of the store and it's more about these words about be kind and all the which is great but the other section was completely very different comic book characters all that stuff so i used to mix up you know t-shirts that audrey would wear now um thinking about that from like the larger standpoint organizationally you know thinking about wild fang um how have, how have you as a leader with your team, have you all been able to go about disrupting gender, gender norms as it lives in the workplace, as it affects a workplace culture? Oh, that's a really deep and interesting question. Um, uh, well, I think it starts with the fact that the majority of my board and the majority of my team um, identify as uh, women and non-binary. Um, so that's quite unusual. Most boards of directors, most senior leadership in corporate are um, typically cis white men, right? So I, I think just by the very fact that we show up to work every day and do the job that we do um, uh, and are surrounded by the people that we're surrounded by, I think that in itself is, is, is kind of an achievement and a shaper of our culture. Um, 
The other thing I really try to do is um, create, uh, you know, in the charities that we've supported, in the um, stands that we've taken as a team, right? So um, we have supported um, uh, immigration rights um, and, and gave a lot of money to races um, after uh, the last administration. Um, I don't know the more politically what correct way to say put kids in cages. So, um, you know, that was like a big stand for us. Um, anytime we take a stand on a human rights issue, it comes from our staff. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's on our social media, whether it's in a give back. Um, someone in our staff feels passionate about it. And, and that's kind of the point of this intersectionality of how we all look and feel a little bit different is that it has to come from the collective um, because no one person can own it. So. Um, it may be a trans person on my team that feels like they want to speak out on the military ban, as an example. Um, and I'll let them do that because they're going to have a much stronger and, and, and better voice than I ever will. Um, similarly, around um, BIPOC or Black issues, similarly around uh, queer issues. So, um, yeah, we just try to, it's a little bit of an organism, right? We, we try to make sure that uh, whoever is speaking um, is deeply connected to the topic and, and the issue and passionate about it. Emma, it's been a thrill having you on tonight. Um, I, I, that that part about the womb thing really touched home with me because, you know, we thought for so long, especially my wife and I, we were having our first baby, um, that it was going to be a boy because our grandfather passed away, you know, just the connections there. Once I found out it was a girl, you're right. Now I'm remembering those times where I'm like, you know, uh, treating it differently. And then once the baby came out, you know, obviously she's my world now, but um, it's just funny that you mentioned that. And I, I, you've opened my eyes to so much tonight. I want to encourage people to head to a kid's Check out Emma's book, uh, a kid's book about feminism. Check out wildfang.com. Uh, Emma, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. I'm, I'm so happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. And I hope there's lots of good conversations happening in households all over the country after they read the book. So thank you guys very much. All right. That was Emma McElroy. Nick, she was, I mean, she was great, man. I, you know, go get go get the book. Check out a kid's book about dot com. And you can see Emma's book uh, about feminism that's listed there on their website. Uh, it's it's really a great read if you if you've got a little one at home and, and and you really want the conversation started like she said um go get that book and get some of the other books in the series check out wildfang.com uh nick what would you would you make of emma overall man i just thought she was great just amazing as advertised you know we talked at the beginning about how does the, a book like this you know how do you make these concepts more accessible to to children but right. then at the same time, you know, for her in her you know ongoing professional life as a co-founder and CEO over at Wapfang, what does it mean? Like these values that speak to writing a book about feminism for children, what does she bring into the workplace? And organizationally, what does that mean about Wapfang's mission about um, confronting gender norms? And she does an amazing job of connecting all that together, just like all of our guests, accessible information and, and a fun dialogue. No, it was great. And, you know, the thing that she said about that survey you know, I, I talked about it on the episode, but um, I mean, the interview with her, it, it was true. Like, I'm, I'm thinking back now to when my wife was pregnant and when we found out it was a girl. And just like the lead up to, you know, a, a majority of time, guys tend to think, you know, we want the boy. And then all of a sudden, as as you go through the pregnancy and now, you know, you're having a girl that survey is right. Like I could see the way 
I was changing almost as if to make it a softer tone. And she's like, you know, it's got to start right there, you know, and like you don't subconsciously, you're subconsciously doing it. You don't realize it. Um, and then the other stuff, you know, about and you and I talked about this off air about letting your kids, you know, explore different things. So that way, let them choose as opposed to a lot of times parents just force, you know, kids into one direction and stuff like that. And I just thought some of it was was really fantastic what she was talking about. And I think the book is really digestible too for for parents that just want to start that conversation, you know, with their kids about different topics. Um, go check out a kid's book about dot com. Uh, great company, great mission. Check them out on Instagram. Check out wildfang.com when you have a chance. Uh, for our podcast, always check us out. We're, we're everywhere. Uh, Google, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify. Nick's pointing down for the YouTube people. Hit hit subscribe, follow. Check us out on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, at Can We Please Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. I'm Nick Saveri. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.